0: beautiful humans. Welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am super stoked for today's guest, Lorna Jane. Yes, the Lorna Jane, the founder of Lorna Jane, active, total, Activewear, celebrity. She invented the term activewear in many ways, which we discuss in this episode. So, before we dive in and get to learn all of her entrepreneurial tips and tricks, talk about her spiritual routine and All that jazz, and you guys will definitely soak in the vibes because we were at her magical house in the Palisades, and I feel like the magic of being there was infused into this episode. So I think you guys are really gonna love it. I first wanted to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Sun Basket. So if I had it my way, I would have all the time in the whole world to shop at farmers markets, to Search healthy recipes on Pinterest and to spend hours crafting delicious meals for myself, for Jonathan, for Hudson. I would honestly cook homemade cat food for Hudson all the time if I could. But the truth is, I have a very packed schedule. I don't like to say busy, but I like to say full. And Sunbasket is my go to because I really like to cook at home without having all that additional time of shopping portioning ingredients, trying to figure out what types of ingredients each recipe needs. So I get Sun Basket's Healthy Meal Kits delivered to my front door. They are full of organic and sustainable produce, responsibly sourced meats and seafood, and easy recipes that taste amazing. So keyword here is easy. If it wasn't easy, Jordan, the Balanced Blonde, me, myself, and I would not be doing it because it's just reality very honest with you guys, I don't take a lot of time in the kitchen. I do love to be in the kitchen. I just don't love to have to spend tons of time in there, especially after a long day. So Sunbasket's Paleo, Lean and Clean, Gluten-Free, Vegetarian, and Family Options make it easy to eat the way that I want. And you can also customize your recipes if you want to mix it up. So I've been doing the whole paleo thing a lot lately. I don't really ascribe to any labels, but if I did, I would probably be closest to a paleo lifestyle with a lot of plant-based options. So Sunbasket makes that really easy. They just make it so easy to incorporate healthy eating into your routine. I'm cooking the way that I've always wanted to lately. This is one of my goals of November is to cook at home as often as possible. So this is help. Helping to make that a reality. So to get an awesome discount, head to sunbasket.com slash balanced to get $35 off your first order. That is sunbasket.com slash balanced for $35 off. Sunbasket.com slash balanced. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think. It's so delicious and one of my favorites in the world. Also, before we dive into this episode with Lorna, I just wanted to tell you guys that we are giving away 10 copies of Lorna's book, Which is love you. And it is so amazing. It's all about falling in love with yourself. So, head to Instagram for the rules on that. Basically, just like my photo that I will be using to promote this episode. Follow Lorna Jane, which is LJ Clarkson, and Lorna Jane US, and tell us what set your soul on fire about this particular episode. So, I don't want to cut into this episode much further because Lorna has so many tips and tricks for us, so many entrepreneurial vibes and Soul on Fire Lifestyle Hacks. So let's dive in and talk to Lorna Jane. Hello, everyone. I am sitting here with the beautiful Lorna Jane Clarkson of Lorna Jane, which I'm sure everybody listening, no matter what country you live in, have heard of or worn or attended an active nation day, perhaps. And I'm just so honored to be sitting here with Lorna in her beautiful home. We are in the Palisades in Los Angeles, right up above Brentwood, where I live. And this is a glorious location. I feel like living here, I would just be so creatively stimulated and inspired, and I know you wrote your book here, which is something that we will discuss very much. I loved it. I can't wait for everybody to read it, and I'm just so glad we're here. So Lorna, take it away. Tell our Soul on Fire listeners
1: who you are and what we're doing today. Well, first of all, I'm really happy to be here. So thank you for coming to my home. And it's particularly nice to be talking about my book, Love You, because I wrote it here. So when I'm looking at the garden, I think about all those times when I just didn't know what to say and I was searching my soul to um, find the right words to try and express how important it was to love and believe in yourself. So um, a little bit about myself. 28 years ago, I was in a fitness instructor and I just couldn't find any decent activewear. It was as simple as that. And I didn't really have any sewing skills, but I decided for some unknown reason to make my own activewear. And um, there wasn't anything like activewear around at the time. There was stuff that you could run in, there's stuff you could do yoga in, there was stuff that you would wear to the gym and it was called running gear or yoga gear or gym gear, but there was nothing that just was really generic. And that was called something clothing that you could actually just be active in. So anyway, I just started making my own and wearing it to my classes and from my own personal interest and my own personal desire to be inspired by what I wore the people in my classes just started asking me um, if I could make some from them too. And I just said, "Oh yeah, okay, you're my friends. You know, you come to my classes. It'd be great for you to wear this stuff too. And it just grew from there. Um, And then one day I decided to quit my day job and um, start doing it full time. So it really wasn't a plan to start a business. It really um, wasn't something that I thought, wow, I can make money out of that. I just thought that, it was something I wanted. And then I learned that the people in my classes wanted it. And then um, it, it just grew from there. And now I have over 200 stores around the world. And it's turned into a brand that actually inspires women, not just with the clothing that they're wearing, but to live a life where they're fit and healthy and that they believe in themselves. So I've created this life for myself and I'm so grateful every single day. I could just talk about it forever. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Well, we are going to talk about it the whole mm-hmm. time we're here, which is I want to hear everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just so inspired by the fact that you started this as a passion project for clothes that you could wear for yourself. And I'm kind of a big believer in making your hobby and your passion your career. That's what I've done with blogging. And there was absolutely zero part of me that ever thought that would be a job or that that could even. A career. Mm. So it sounds like you had a similar experience, and especially 28 years ago, two years before I was born. Thanks there, for reminding <laughs> me that. <laughs> no, and you are so young and youthful and beautiful and glowing, and it's it's so amazing. Thank you, you. Truly live a glowy soul-on-fire lifestyle. I just I know that there weren't that many people doing activewear back then. So what was it like to break into that business and then to see it flourish and start to become something bigger than you could ever imagine?
1: Yeah, you're right. There was not even the term activewear. In fact, I've been credited for coining that that phrase because I just wanted to design. No way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I just have (laughs) to take a moment with that because that's like part of my daily vocabulary and Mm. probably
0: everybody listening and how cool.
1: Yeah, it is. And and it was just because I wanted people to be active. I didn't care whether they went for a run, whether they did yoga or whether they went to the gym. I just wanted them to put on their active wear and do something active, even if it was just playing with their kids, you know. Um, and now it's amazing because people just wear their active wear all day. Like They they do their errands in their active wear. It's, it's, it's funny because I feel like I just took it day by day. And it was a passion project and something I just loved to do. And I really made that decision is I want to spend my life doing what I love to do. If I had imagined right back then that it was going to be this big, it would have scared the living daylights out of me and I would never have done it. Like I didn't even have half the skills that I have now. So I think you just have to do what you love and make really good choices every single day. And if it re- it's really authentic and it comes from within, then you just learn the things as you go. You have to be pretty fearless, I think, when you when you follow your passion.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, And fearlessness is something that you write a lot about in your book, mm. and I love that whole topic because it's so true. We have to be fearless to dive into the unknown and create anything big. So if looking back, do you remember a specific tipping point when The clothing shifted from something that you were making for yourself and making for your friends and your students as a fitness instructor to, wow, I have to create a business plan and hire people and become
1: a boss. Like,
0: how did that
1: shift happens. That title boss still doesn't really sit well with me. and, And my husband's the CEO of Lorna Jane for that reason, because I don't really want to sit in that space. My whole thought process with Lorna Jane is I wanted to be creative and I wanted to inspire women. So at the beginning, it was more about being creative and making beautiful clothing. And as the brand grew and people started to ask me how I managed to be such a busy woman and stay so fit and healthy, that's when I wanted to inspire them beyond their workout clothes, you know, just by sharing what I did. Because I felt like people thought that being fit and healthy took a lot of time and effort when really it doesn't have to, you know. So, But there were lots of tipping points, if we go back to that, because in the early days when I was teaching classes, there was that tipping point before I quit my day job when the women were just... Asking me to make their activewear, and it was custom made. Then, like I was sort of making one piece for one person, and something different for the next person. That it got so overwhelming, and every weekend I was, I was um, making activewear, and the house was just full of lycra, and there was patterns all over the floor. And I thought, I want to try and do this full time, you know. So that was a tipping point. And then I remember opening my first store, and a woman came into the store. And she bought every single piece. Like I wasn't in the store. I was at home designing and Bill was working in the store. That's my husband. And I remember him coming home and I'm saying, what are you doing? Like the store's closed. He said, we've got nothing left. You know, someone came in and bought everything. And that tipping point was, we can open more stores. We must be onto something if someone can come into the store and buy everything. You know, so there's, I think there's tipping points all the time, and even today, twenty-eight years later, there's still more tipping points. Like at the moment, we're having a huge growth into Asia. Like the Chinese market is just starting to realize that you need to be fit and healthy, and and they love Lorna Jane because of its bright colors and things like that. So now there's a tipping point there where we need to like grow the business there. I think um, Lorna Jane still hasn't reached its potential. I know it seems like a big company, and we're doing so much and We've got so much success, but I think when you love what you do, there's just always so much more to do. I think I'll be doing this till I die, (laughs) and hopefully, that's a long time from now. A long time from now. Mm. Yeah, I love that
0: sentiment, and I read that in your book too. Which is that no matter how much success you find with Lauren and Jane, you're going to want to keep creating more, and there is no threshold really for Mm. what you see with your brand and what you've created. And I think that's one of the truest definitions of having a soul that is set on fire because you have had so much success, 200 stores, so many different countries. And to just keep building upon that is amazing. And your book is new and exciting. And I love the title, all about loving yourself. It's beautiful. So what was that process like to write this book and also to juggle still running the clothing line and your husband's the CEO. That's awesome. And I also want to talk about what that's like working with your significant other. But first, tell us, how was it juggling writing the book and doing everything else that you do?
1: Well, um, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard work. But I think... Love You was is my fifth book so I've written four books before that and it's something that I do love to do and when I finished school I wanted to be a journalist so it's funny how life works you know I've always loved to write and my mother always comments you know like you ended up doing what you love to do because you get to you get to write now so but yes having to write a book or feeling compelled to write a book is more how it is with me over and above everything else is, um, is a big thing. And, and I actually write in the thank yous in the book, like thank you to everyone who helped me with the book, but also thank you to everyone in my life and in my team that did everything else while I was doing that, you know, who had to fill in for me in fittings and designing and all the other things that I couldn't do. So I think life is about um, priorities and every single day you make Decisions about what you want to do and what's important. You know, it's like, do I sleep in or do I go for a run? Do I pack my lunch or do I buy takeaway? Do I stay back at work or do I um, get home and do that yoga class? It's it's about priorities, and every single day it's different. So when I'm writing a book, that becomes the priority, and I'm this crazy person who needs a deadline. So I could decide, you know, I'm going to release the book in October. And then it has to be ready to the printers by July. But, you know, it's the end of May before I really get serious. I do all this research and I talk about it for so long and I sort of unblock my brain and I throw all these, this information onto some paper. Um, but I only really start writing the book when the deadlines are really close. I just think I need to torture myself or something. I don't know what it is. But um, yeah, I wrote Love You in This House, which was, was really nice. And it's, it is really calming. But I felt compelled to write it because in Australia, I do a schools program where I go out with my team and we talk to young girls about the importance of loving and believing in yourself. And I... I just saw how much that message resonated with these young girls, but not only with the young girls, but with the teachers and their parents who would come along and listen. And I thought maybe I should sit down and write and see how much more I can write about this because it seemed to be something that people wanted to hear about. And I think you have this message out there that says, find your purpose, do what you love, love yourself, but no one actually tells you how to do it. And I thought, I've been through some things in my life where I've had to rediscover my self-love and self-belief. And I thought that maybe my message and my stories could help some people. So that's why I wrote it. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: And you said you started it pretty close to the deadline. How
1: long did you give yourself? Um, I think it took me about three months in total to write the book, but I think I wrote it in the last three weeks. Mm. Wow. We are similar.
0: (laughs) Very similar. That's so inspiring to
1: hear. I feel
0: like in the book writing world, you often hear about give yourself enough time and don't rush, don't cram it all. But it's really interesting that everyone has their own process. Clearly, you put something amazing together in a really condensed amount of time. And that's really cool that your process is all yours. And perhaps that trickles over to everything else you do. Is that how
1: you are with things? Um I just feel like if I give myself too much time I'll just keep adding and adding and adding so I really do need a strict deadline. I mean I can when I'm designing a range of clothing I can research and put all my ideas down and I can do that over a month and then in 2 days I can design the range. So it's to me it's more about getting all my ideas out there and in a place where I can look at them and then the decision making's really really easy from then. And you know what the more you do things the better you are at it I think I can't remember about my first book, but I do think it took me a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. I think you get, you get used to the process. and, and um, But I still get really nervous because I think, why am I leaving this till the last minute? You know, why am I leaving this till the last minute? And then another part of my brain says, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, mm-hmm. like, but you never, you never completely trust yourself. I guess it goes down to being fearless again, isn't it? Like just allowing it to happen and not fearing things.
0: Yes, and just being in the flow with what comes out of you. Mm. That's so cool. Trust. Yeah, (laughs) trusting yourself. Mm. So what was your daily routine like while you were writing the book? Was it like write, write, write all
1: day or take breaks, go on walks? What was the routine? I wrote every day. And for me, there's no weekend. I just keep going, you know, because – and that's how I look at life anyway. There's no – days where I have off and days where I work. To me, my life just flows. It's I'd have all of these things that I love and I just in, include them in every single day. So every day's even. You know, I, I would just keep up my normal routine, which is to get up in the morning and do some meditate. Meditation for about five to ten minutes, work out, eat really well, and then just ride all day, you know, and um, lots of stretching in between thought moments I did. I used to say, you know, I'm just gonna think for a little while, I do some stretching. But some days they were good and I'd write heaps and heaps. You know, my husband would come home and I'd say, Oh, I did so much today. And other days it just felt like I got nowhere, you know, like the, the writing process is um is like that. It's some days you feel inspired and other days, you know, you just have to let it be.
0: Yes. That's a good message too mm. for everything. Sometimes you're gonna be full of inspiration and other days it's just not there. And I think trying to force it is where I have found myself getting into trouble and trying to force that inspiration and make something happen, even when it might just not be the time or the day to get it all done.
1: Yeah. And usually when you have one of those days where you, where it's not coming and nothing's clear, um, it's usually the day after that, you know, that you that you find it and all that work that you did before, even though you didn't get anything at the end of that day, helps you for the next day. So... It's a process. Yes, it's Mm. a process. Mm. So true. Yeah. We say that word so different, process, process. I know,
0: process, (laughs) process. For the record, I like your accent much better. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I think everyone listening will just soak it in, too. It's so, so pretty. Um, So one of my favorite things in your book is at the very end, you wrote yourself a thank you letter. And that's so beautiful. That's not something… I have seen many people do, but I also find such great importance in showing ourselves gratitude and actually telling ourselves what we like about ourselves and celebrating our accomplishments. So how was that? Was that comfortable to write and to be so
1: vulnerable with yourself? I'm comfortable with it now because I do it every year, Mm. but the first time that I did it... It did feel uncomfortable, you know. And at the first time I did it, I would not have been anywhere near ready to share it in a book, you know. But I've been doing it for five or six years now. And, and even then, when I wrote that one and then re- reread it and reread it, I'm thinking, oh, can I really like throw this out there and let people read what I'm thinking about myself, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think as much as I have been doing it for a while, you st- do still feel uncomfortable saying good things about yourself. You know, even when other people say nice things about you, it's hard to take compliments. I don't know why that is, but that's how it is. It's how it is with me, but you definitely do benefit from it. And it's lovely to keep them and read them back, you know, and um, yeah, you should try it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I will. Well, I am definitely on the same page. I write a lot of like gratitude lists every day. Usually about others, but then when I do it about myself, it has this extra healing quality. Mm. I definitely mm. see the benefit. Mm. So, everybody listening, definitely check that out. It's it's the final parts of the book, so it's mm. easy to find and it's really cool. So, going back to something I sort of mentioned before, I'm so curious to hear what it's like to work with your husband and how that balance is and really kind of like going into work mode together and then coming back into personal life, relationship mode. What is that like for you?
1: I love it. You know, I I do get asked this question quite a bit. And it confuses me because there's so much written about working with people And surrounding yourself with people that are good, you know. And so, why would people then say, how do you work with your husband? I mean, who loves and supports you more than your husband, you know, or your partner in life? So, I will say that Bill's office is in one side of the building and mine is on the other. So, that's important. Space is important. And we both have different roles in the business. Like, mine is completely creative. So, in my parking space at work, it says Dream Keeper you know that is my job in the business and bills has a pacemaker so he's busy 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 and he he really looks after the staff and and the stores and the operations of the business i mean he is a true entrepreneur and he's very ideas focused as well but i'm the one that brings it back to the inspiring of women and the beautiful product and Yeah, I I feel like it's not only my my husband that I work with. I have my brother-in-law. My mum used to work for me. One of my best friends works for me. Um, My brother works for me. I've got two sister-in-laws that work for me. Like I have so much of my family that work for me. And even though it's a big business, we run it like a family business. And there's so many people like – I've got people in my department, in the design department, that have worked for me 12, 15 years. I have the very first sewer that used to come to my tiny little office on the top floor of a fitness centre um, to sew for me. She still is my sample sewer at head office. So I, I tend to keep people around me that, that have shown loyalty and who, um, who I can trust. And I think that says a lot about who I am as a person but also um, – that it is very personal for me. Like people say, oh, it's just business. You know, it's not everything is personal with me. I don't want people in my life that I don't enjoy. And I don't want people to be there if they're not enjoying it. So I spend so much of my life in my business that I want it to feel like family. So to me, I just couldn't imagine it any other way. And you know what, Bill and I fight all the time about business but we do not let that come into our personal life. And, and, yeah, when we go for long walks on the beach, we do talk about business, but we both don't mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this thing where people say work-life balance and shutting it off, I don't want that. I want to be inspired by what I do all of the time, you know. Yeah, sure, I'm going to sit by the pool and I'm going to relax and I'm going to listen to music and read books that are completely so different to what I do for a living, But I still look at that as my life and it's so part of my life that I just don't want to cut off. You know, I won't say, oh, I'm not going to answer my phone on Sunday because I'm having a day off. I want to answer the phone because I want to know what opportunities coming my way or if there's a problem, I want to know. You know, so it's so inbuilt in who I am as a person. And to other people that may appear appear sad or, oh my goodness, she's obsessed with work or whatever, but that's who I am. And it works for me. It works for my husband. And um, I would recommend anybody to work with their husband or at least to give it a try. And you know, it won't work for everybody. You know, some people, I know like pilots and flight attendants that love the fact that they have different schedules and that their time together is so precious and they have this time away from each other. But for me and Bill, we love it. (laughs)
0: Aww. (laughs) That makes me so happy. All of what you just said really resonates with me and kind of gives me chills, makes me almost tear up because I think it's so important to love what you do so much that it is such a part of your life. And to me... It's the furthest thing from sad that you want to work all the time. I mean, you (laughs) know you, you have surrounded yourself with your family, your husband, good people, best friends, loyal people. And so it's really just a part of your life, which brings us to your definition of balance. What is balance to you? I mean, you were just talking about it, but in a nutshell, what's your definition of balance?
1: I'm not chasing balance. So it's hard for me to define it because I like to, as you say, I like my soul to be on fire. Like I do like that feeling. So to me, when I'm happy, then that is balance for me. So I think it would be impossible to be happy and not feel balanced. So um, yeah, I just want a life that I can make a difference and I want to inspire people and I'm really not chasing balance. You know, as long as I feel good in myself, like I'm working really hard and achieving things and my health and my fitness is good, then, then I feel balanced and happy. Mm-hmm. That's a good definition of balance. It's different for everyone.
0: I've heard there are people in my life who feel balanced when they have more on their plate every single day and others who feel balanced when they have a lot of downtime. So that's inspiring to hear. And staying on top of your health and fitness routine, what does that look like for you?
1: I have my own philosophy called active living. So it's the way that I live my life and it's become something that we promote as a brand. So um, for me, being balanced, being fit and healthy doesn't need to be that hard. So we talk about a daily practice, which is Move, Nourish, Believe. So it's about waking up every morning and deciding what your move's going to be, what your nourish is going to be, and what you believe is. That's what I do. I just move, nourish, and believe every single day. So for me, um, my workouts are normally um, yoga. If it's not yoga, it will be a strength training. I do that twice a week with my trainer, and I walk my dog twice a day. I love to hike for cardio, but that's it. It's really basic. You know, I meditate twice a day. I practice gratitude, but I don't have to write lists anymore because I've been doing it for so long. It's just really a thought process. Now I just feel the gratitude when I look at things or look at people or have feelings, So, but I, I do that every day. And if I feel like I haven't done it, then I might sit down and write a list <laughs> at night. I eat really well. I think food is really, really important. Um, not to stay slim or to put on weight or to get muscle, but just how I feel. I feel like... Um, what you eat directly affects your mood. So I make sure that I eat really well so that I can think and be and look at my best. I think that's about it. It's really quite easy. I think for me, it's about making sure that I focus on doing what I can every single day to be fit and healthy, but also progressing in my life and and making sure that my life is going in the right direction. I make sure that I ask myself every single day, what are you doing with your life and are you happy where it's going? Because I feel like we can get so caught up in the business of everyday life that we forget what we really want to achieve and where we want to go. Just a brief
0: little interruption from our conversation with Lorna Jane. She's so amazing. I love her so much to talk about Bob's Red Mill. Bob's Red Mill is a supporter of this podcast, and I cannot wait to tell you guys all about why I love their products and why they are my go-to products for any baking that I do whatsoever. So as you know, I used to have a food blog I baked constantly, like three times a day, constantly, and I always used Bob's Red Mill. I still use Bob's Red Mill. I just don't necessarily bake three times a day anymore. I'm more like a normal person who bakes every so often for myself, for Jonathan, for my family, and... I would say, I don't know if I'm the best chef, but I think I am a pretty good baker. Just gonna go ahead and say it. So, Bob's Red Mill has been making gluten free, organic, and stone ground products for decades. I'm sure you've heard of them because they're everywhere. I always get them at Whole Foods just to make it really easy. And their products are very minimally processed in a stone mill in Oregon. I really, really love that vibe because I can just imagine the stone mill and how minimally processed they are and the kind people who are there making the products. So very much like the farm to table craze, Bob's Red Mill is mill to table. That is their motto. So with Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. I can 100% attest to that. They offer a huge range of products that cater to specific dietary restrictions like gluten-free, paleo, and vegan. So if you fall under any of those categories, they make it really easy for those of us with allergies and lifestyle choices to just stay on track, and feel really good and also get to indulge and make our sweet treats. I love their gluten-free products to make pancakes and all sorts of things like they have meals like almond meal, etc., which all roll up to make cookies. You can use them in so many different things. They also have my favorite gluten-free oats although I'm not currently eating oatmeal, but if I was and when I do, I always go to Bob's Red Mill and Their gluten-free products absolutely ensure zero cross-contamination, so it makes them safe for people with celiac disease, which I can so appreciate. The company is employee-owned, so you can feel really good about supporting them, knowing that you are supporting the people behind the company who are working incredibly hard to bring us these meal-to-table products. So, head to bobsredmill.com to get 25% off with the promo code Balanced Blonde. That is Balanced Blonde with no spaces or anything. Head to bobsredmill.com and use the promo code Balanced Blonde. 25% off is a lot. Thank you, Bob's Red Mail. That is such a gift to all of us listening. And uh, don't tell anyone, but I think I'm going to use the code too. You can also find their stuff at grocery stores nationwide and online. They even have a vegan egg replacer and a paleo pancake mix. You guys are going to love their products. I can't wait for you to check them out. And without further ado, let's hop back into our conversation with Lorna Jane. So hearing you talk about Move, Nourish, Believe makes me remember a little story. When I was first getting on Instagram and building my blog, my social media presence, I would use all the hashtags that were big in the health, fitness, nutrition world. And I discovered the Move, Nourish, Believe hashtag through another blogger that I followed and started using it quickly to realize that it had to do with your brand And started following, became a huge fan of the whole move, nourish, believe, active living mentality. And I've been using that on my photos since probably four years ago. So that's really cool. Oh, that makes me smile. That's so good. It's crazy Mm. how things come Mm. full circle. Hearing you talk about it now just made me remember. I remember when I discovered it, I was like, this is the best combination of
1: words ever. That was the very first time when we started using the words move, nourish, believe, because what had happened was when I was writing my first book, well, I was thinking about writing my first book. We went out on Facebook and we asked all of our followers, Lorna's thinking about writing a book. What would you like her to write about? And within like 20 minutes, there was this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. And it and was nothing about the brand or the business or active where it was all about How does she stay fit and healthy? So the first book was called Move, Nourish, Believe. And when we launched the book, my team decided that they wanted to use me in a campaign. And it was the first time that I'd ever really had a professional photo shoot of myself, except for, you know, if I was in a newspaper, it was just a headshot or something. So it was the first time that I actually put on activewear and Posed like a model type thing. So it really did change my life that when we started using those words, and I call the book Move I should Believe, that um, I then started putting myself in front of the camera. And I never would have imagined that I would ever do that. It was I was really shy. And I remember when they turned the mood boards around, and they said, and we want the model to be you. And I went, no way, no way, I'm never going to do it. And I think it took them three days to talk me into it, but I'm so glad they did now. So sometimes people can see where you should be going before you know yourself, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: It goes back mm. to the trust.
1: Yeah. Trusting the people around mm. you. And I did. I, I used a photographer that we'd use for years, and I remember not really asking about any of the poses or any of the outfits. I just trusted them to do it, you know, so, and it worked. I still have it. It's in my um, underwear drawer, the first campaign. It's just sitting there (laughs) (laughs) as a memory, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And how long ago was that? Gosh, that would be, I think, about 10 years. Mm. Wow. Mm.
0: Yeah, because now in this book, it's all you and it makes it so personal. All the lifestyle photos, I was... Loving looking at those
1: and thinking
0: that's a really good way to do it because people get to flip through read your words and see you and just feel such a personal connection
1: yeah, but I always feel I always feel a little bit there's not so many pictures of me in this book as most of my books, I will say, but i I always feel a little bit embarrassed like I guess I'm getting used to it now, but I remember the book previously. I remember just making a comment to people, you know, it's always a bit embarrassing how many photos there are of me. But that's what um, the people who follow my brand and follow me want. So yeah. uh, and you know what? Really? It's fun to do. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to get dressed up and, and be glamorous and, and pretend that you're a model for a few days. <laughs>
0: yeah. I
1: think there's I, mm. I think it's great because people mm. don't
0: always they see it as the brand. Like they get mm. excited. That's what I always say about my brand too because I have friends who say how could you possibly be so comfortable constantly like putting yourself in front of the camera or talking about yourself and I don't feel like I'm talking about myself. I feel like I'm talking about the brand, the movement, Mm -hmm. um, the Balanced Blonde but it is me. I am the Balanced Blonde so you (laughs) just kind of have to just view it that way and I feel good about it and maybe that's why… We're doing the right thing that works for us. It's not for everybody.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I I remember someone commenting, I think I was on a radio station, and they said, do you ever feel weird talking about yourself in the third person? And it was only at that point that I realized that I did speak about myself in the third person. You know, it's It's really funny that it just all molds into one, isn't it? And um, I guess that's when you realize that you're being authentic Mm -hmm. because when you can't see that line between when you're talking about your brand and about Lorna Jane, the brand, or when you're talking about Lorna Jane, the person, mm-hmm. and who you are. So it um, I guess if you were to feel the difference, and it's the same with you, Jordan, maybe that if you could feel the difference, then you would then realize that maybe you were focusing on something that was too far away from who you were and that you needed to get back on track, maybe, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's true. That has helped me at certain points yeah. with my brand, just to feel that's not actually authentic to... Jordan, the person. So maybe the Balanced bond, the person, shouldn't be talking about it. See, and you're talking about yourself yeah. the person oh, I know, <laughs> I know. It's so, it's so funny. So mm. speaking of that, how did you decide to name your brand Lorna Jane?
1: It was so long ago. And, and the thought process was really that if I put my name on this brand of clothing, then I would take more pride in it. And then, and that it was like me signing off on the quality and the creativity. And it was really funny because I remember I made 50 t-shirts. They were just plain white t-shirts and I signed the back of them, Lorna Jane, printed it, but it was like my signature, Lorna Jane. And I remember my, I gave one to my girlfriend and she wore it somewhere and someone said said to her, you are so weird. That's like me wearing my best friend's name on the back of my t-shirt and my girlfriend said, you wait, one day everybody will want this t-shirt. And she was right. <laughs> she was right. And she works for me now too. Oh so, you, you know, that's the sort of thing that, um, you know, we talk about self-love and self-belief and, but I think it's also important that you surround yourself with people who actually believe in you as well, you know, because we're not superhumans. We all have those moments when we're doubting our decisions or doubting where we're going. And it really is nice to be lifted up by other people that love and believe in you as well.
0: Yeah, mm. I love that. What mm. a loyal friend. And yeah. look, at, look at her now. She was mm. so
1: right. But that's something that's also nice about having people in your business that have been there for so many years is that you get to have these memories and look back and, and, and celebrate them. And, and I think that helps a lot with the gratitude process is that you remember when this and remember when that and you really then look at where you are today and, and you feel so grateful for all the opportunities. Yeah,
0: because mm. you can see the difference mm. from then and now and be so grateful for the, the journey, the process. Yes.
1: The process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the process. <laughs>
0: yes. So... I love that. And speaking of that, kind of that more like comment that tried to tear you down or tear your friend down, why are you wearing that name? You write in the book about some of the people who didn't believe in you and some of the kind of just situations where you have to deal with maybe being disliked or not, someone not believing in your vision. How did you overcome that?
1: I've learned Over time, that if you're trying to do something new and if you have a unique vision, that people won't believe you. They won't believe that it's possible or they won't see it because it's still in your head. You know, like I feel that now when I'm onto something new or I have a new way of seeing something, I actually like it when people don't believe me because I know that it is new and they haven't seen it before. So, um, but in the early days, it was hard. And I write a few stories in the book about people who really did care about me telling me not to do things because they were scared for me, you know. They were scared that I would overextend myself or I would put everything at risk. And, uh, and I think you do that in the early days of your business. But sometimes you just have to rely on your gut. And, and for me, like, I remember selling my house to buy a factory and this factory was in the worst part of town And people just couldn't believe that I was giving up my dream home for this. You know, I remember not having a car because I couldn't afford to have a car and all of my friends had two cars, you know, and and people think she's doing all of this for her dream about seeing women wearing activewear everywhere, you know, like, so there's so many times in the early stages of your business when um, you have nothing and everyone around you has everything, you know, and, but I think when you really have a clear vision and you believe in what you're doing nothing can replace it. Like people ask me, you know, what did you give up? And, and all the things that all the challenges that you had to face when you're building a business. And I can't even remember half of them because I was so intent on what I wanted to do. And yes, all my friends were on holidays and they had two cars and they had beautiful homes and I lived above my factory, you know, but I loved it. I wouldn't have had it any other way because I loved living in the factory because I could get to work early, you know, like, and I could get my team started and then go for a run. I could have lunch and watch Oprah because I loved her. And, you know, like it, it fitted in with my life. It's just sometimes I think you have to not listen to what other people are saying and not try and make your life like everybody else's because your life is allowed. Yes. I love that answer.
0: And speaking of watching
1: Oprah, who are some of your greatest mentors? You know, I don't really have any mentors. I mean, I was pretty much brought up by my mother because my father lived in England and we lived in Australia. So it was just my sister and my mother and myself. So I look up to my mother because she was a very strong woman, you know, and and she taught me that I, I should always believe in myself. But I guess I look up to people who do their own thing and who are authentic. So, yes, Oprah's one of them. I love Richard Branson. Michelle Obama, there's so many people who just live their lives according to their own beliefs and values, and that's why they stand out. You know, Danielle Laporte, there's all these people who I just admire authenticity, you know, because that takes bravery, you know. It's so easy to go with the flow, you know. So I guess um, it's anyone that's big or small, famous or or not famous, who is – um living a life according to their own dreams and desires. Mm. Love
0: that. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it is so easy to go with the flow and so out of the norm to take those risks as you have and to be fearless.
1: Mm. Well, I write about it in the beginning of the book because it's one of the main reasons that I wrote the book is that I wanted to encourage and inspire women to invest in themselves, back themselves, challenge themselves, and ultimately love themselves enough to stop and question where their life is going because I think we are all so busy and we just allow that busyness to overtake our lives. And they say that one of the biggest regrets on people's deathbeds, not that I want to get morbid or anything, but the biggest regret is that they lived their life according to what was expected of them. And really, if you looked into it, it's really something that they put on themselves because you know, if I lived my life and on my death, but I said, well, my mother expected me to live my life like that. She'd say, no, I want you to live your life according to you, you know. So I think you need to just take that time. And I say to people, just take five minutes every day to say, what do I want to do with my life? Where am I going? And am I doing anything to get there? And that's really what the book is all about is learning to love yourself and believe in yourself and find yourself enough to dedicate the time to do that. That's so beautiful. And I
0: love that you write about meditation in the book and you mentioned meditation here. What would be your tips for people listening who are scared off by meditation because a lot of people are, I get this question all the time, how do I start meditating? How do I turn off my mind, which of course we know you don't have to do. What would be your tips for people getting
1: into meditating? Well, first off, it's not that hard. I think we overthink meditation. Um, I recently did my yoga instructor course. And I went to Bali for a month and Ooh. yeah, it was great. Although I did get dengue fever, which was not no. so great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to no. have to get your tips. I'm going in December for yeah. the first time. It, it's beautiful. It'll be hot in December. My goodness. But yes. it's fine. Just wear your bikinis <laughs> the whole it time. Get sick. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're in Bali, you don't have to do much, but do yoga and swim and drink coconut water. So you'll be fine. <laughs> I can't wait. That's my heaven. <laughs> but anyway, I went to, I did this course and a lot of it was meditation as well. And I really, really suffered through it because I'm really not that person who can sit still for too long, you know. And I had been practicing my own meditation way before that, years before I went on this course. And when I came back to Australia, it was almost like, meditation is not for me. I'm just going to continue doing what I always do, which was my own form of meditation. And, you know, I just simply sit up in bed. So I have my bottom against my headboard and I just have pillows propped behind me. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and I just close my eyes and I just clear my head. And I just, you know, sometimes I'll start about with gratitude and I'll just, you know, just then focus on my breathing and five and 10 minutes and I feel relaxed and amazing. So in the morning, I do that to um, get focused for the day. And of an evening, I do it just to relax myself and get ready to sleep and clear my head and get rid of the busyness. And you're right. I'm not trying to get rid of every single thought process, but it just gives me clarity. And I found that I discovered that from doing Shavasana at the end of yoga. Like that became my meditation. And I thought, I'm enjoying this. I'm not enjoying that sitting for 20 minutes, getting a stiff back meditation that so many other people enjoy. But what I'm enjoying is this five, 10 minutes. So that's what I do. And it really does work for me. It calms me, gives me clarity. It relaxes me at night. So that's my meditation. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not mm. that hard. Mm. I love that. I love that you make things work
0: for you. Mm. And there is no rule book for meditation. I think if I had one just definition about it for people listening, there is there are no rules. And I'm much more like you, where I can meditate for seven minutes, for 10 minutes, and it changes my whole day or my whole week. When I try to meditate, just sitting there and getting the stiff neck and the stiff back. And I just think, why does my body hurt so much? I would so much rather just sit against the wall or be in Shavasana. And I do have so much clarity on my life in those moments. I get visions about what I'm going to do next and ideas. And
1: you're nodding too, which makes me think you do also. In Shavasana, like sometimes, you know, like sometimes I will leave work and go to a yoga class. And I know that people think that's crazy, but I, I will do that. And I get the best ideas in that five minutes at the end of the class. I've Just something about being present in the moment and going through the asanas. And then at the very end, it just gives you so much clarity. And something that I've been brewing about in my head and not being able to make a decision and just pushing it to the back, suddenly I just get this moment of clarity. And I just have to either write it down or rush home or rush to work and make it happen. So it's, it's crazy but it works for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's like things that you've been mulling over just suddenly become so simple, so mm. effortless to get the answer. So I've made it a priority to not make big decisions unless I'm in that kind of space where everything else is not a worry, not a distraction, and the ideas just come. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the power of 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 (laughs) savasana. Yeah, I know it is Mm. so powerful. Mm. Mm. So part of that for me is kind of being away from my phone and technology. And that was another thing I wanted to ask you was you do all your own? You do your own Instagram? It seems, yeah, which Mm. is really impressive.
1: The Lorna Jane Instagram. I do um, my Instagram is L J Clarkson. Uh huh. So I do that. I have a team that do. Lorna Jane active. And then we have a US team that's um, Lorna Jane active USA. So um, yeah, I do my own because I feel like it needs to be an extension of who I am and what I'm thinking about at the time. So um, I I think I have, I have a lot of followers that follow Lorna Jane active as well that follow me, but I think I also have people that just follow me. So it's good
0: Mm. because it's more personal. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I always get so excited when I hear back from you personally and i'm always thinking is this really her but and it is which is so
1: cool Mm, mm. i love it i do also comment on the london active sometimes (laughs) yeah
0: that's fun you got to put your input on Mm. there so now we'll head into the rapid fire questions just some fun out of the box totally unrelated to anything else questions chocolate
1: or vanilla chocolate Except if it's ice cream and then it has to be vanilla.
0: <laughs> that seems to be a theme. You, oh, really? Do you put chocolate
1: on top of your vanilla no, ice no, cream? No. Oh, vanilla ice cream. Mm, Delicious. Mm. Home or traveling? Home. Always home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to travel, but home is my favorite place to be. You know, when you've been on a long um, trip or you've been away, I just love it when you get home and you're in your own bed and your husband's by your side and your dog's at your feet. And I just have that moment of, this is how it should be. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite item from the Lorna Jane collection. (laughs) I think I would have to say printed tights because every single time we do a new print, I just have to have them. Mm. printed is so fun Mm. my favorite are the nothing
0: to see hair tights (gasps) yeah which is the first time I met you when we had the yoga class here and they're so comfortable and so soft and and dependable and dependable and now I have more pairs thanks to (laughs) last weekend and they're so I love them yeah thank you yes um I don't know if you're into crystals are
1: you into crystals at A all? A little bit. Not as much as you, but I'm <laughs> getting <Yeah>.
0: there. <laughs> Ridiculously obsessed. Because this question is favorite
1: crystal. Um, rose quartz. Absolutely. Because it's love. It's and love. And we all need more love.
0: Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So if you could give one wellness tip, what would it be? gosh, I have a
1: million, but I think it would have to be move, nourish, believe. Like if you can just wake up every morning and make that a priority, how will I move? How will I nourish? How will I believe? It will change your life.
0: Yes. That's the perfect way to sum it up. Mm. I love it. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be?
1: My dog. He has a great life. <laughs> yeah, he does. We were just looking at pictures of him before recording. He's so cute. Mm, he is.
0: What's his name again? Roger. Oh, yeah, Roger. Yeah. I love when animals have
1: human names. Yeah, he has an Instagram too. He's oh so my God. naughty. What I, is did, it? I didn't start it. <laughs> Roger Clarkson. I did not start it. My team started it. Oh, my it, but, God. Oh, my goodness. Hudson has one too. <gasps> I will have to check it out. Huddy the kitten. They should follow each other. Yeah, they should. We'll Mm -hmm. do that as soon as we finish. Yes.
0: (laughs) Hudson just had his first play date with some other cats in our building. We like brought them all into the hallway last night. And he was so brave and friendly and confident. He was running up to all the cats. Do cats get on? Like, do they... It depends on the cat, and it depends on the age. So he's still young. He's two. Mm -hmm. And we introduced him to two 14-and-a-half-year-old cats, and they were very protective of their space, and they were hissing at him and growling. And he just wanted to play. And I think it had something to do with the age because they've had 14 years of life to not
1: meet another cat, and he's still a baby and open. Well, Roger doesn't know the difference between a cat and a dog, so so he is happy to play with cats. He just loves everything, so he he can just be sitting on my lap, and there can be a cat by my feet, and he just like just looks at it like hi. He sounds friendly. Yeah, he is. He is very calming. They need Mm, to meet. They do somehow, Somehow, someway.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram they can meet. The one item in your pantry you can't live
1: without. Oh, I love food. Um, peanut butter, I'd say. Good answer. Mm. Mm. Oh, I do like Vegemite. Oh yeah, that's an Australian yeah, thing. Yeah, but I don't bring it here and I do miss it. Like as soon as I get on the plane, like cuz we have breakfast on the way home, I just want Vegemite on toast. So You know what?
0: Yeah. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. I've seen it on
1: on Australian bloggers pages but I don't know what it is it's a yeast um spread and it's really salty so mm. apparently if you like if you're feeling like you want to eat something sweet you should have Vegemite but you know what I'll bring some next time and we'll try yeah, it. I'll yeah I'll try it yeah sounds
0: good I it's like an salty. acquired taste Allison's <laughs> laughing she's like not for me um yeah I've always wanted to try mm. um what inspires you
1: I think we covered it earlier. I think yeah. authentic people. We know. What it yeah, is. yeah. In authentic people and just living what you love. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. What would you most like to be known for? Making a difference. I think. I think um, when you get to my age, mm-hmm. <laughs> you start to think about what you're doing with your life more and leaving a legacy. And I think, and I have thought about that quite a bit. I just want to make my time on the planet mean something. So I want to make a difference and I know that it has to be about inspiring women. Mm -hmm. Well, you're definitely doing that. So that should
0: feel really good. Mm. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your
1: energy? You're asking a fashion designer. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think um, blue possibly because you tell me, but I think that's health, confidence, trust, loyalty, and honesty. And they're all things that I really value. So, yeah, blue. Beautiful. Mm. I thought
0: it would be something bright because Mm. your line is so bright and bold and colorful and blue. I see it. Mm. You have those blue eyes. Yeah. Same I'm as like you. It. Yeah, exactly. like <laughs> blondies. So what are you the most excited
1: about with Lauren and Jane? Oh, everything. I mean, I live and breathe this brand. You know, it is a true reflection of who I am as a person. So, you know, um, we have a really well-established business in Australia, but we're now going global, which is um, pretty exciting. I'm excited about the book. Um, I'm excited about the opportunities in the USA. I'm excited about the opportunities in Asia. I'm planning on doing an Asian trip next year, so (laughs) I'm going to have to learn how to speak Chinese. (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah, that's my next project. Oh, just a few phrases. (laughs) Um, But, yes, I'm just excited to keep on doing what I'm doing and inspiring more women, you know, and I feel like Asia is a huge opportunity because they're just starting on the health and fitness journey and they have so much to learn. And they already love the product. I mean, the brand's growing at 250% there, which is crazy. amazing. Yeah, so it's really, really exciting. Mm. It is exciting. Mm. I'm excited for you. But it's really different over there because they don't have Google. They don't have Instagram. They don't have Twitter. They don't have any of these vehicles. They have similar things, but they're all like Chinese versions. So it's a whole new um, version of what we're doing. So it's new and exciting you know it's like you have to think differently which I really love to do
0: yeah that's such an untapped market Mm. that's a
1: different world in every
0: sense of the word yeah so cool so as a final question and I think I might know your answer but I'm excited to hear what would be your top soul on fire tip for everybody listening who wants to set their souls on fire as you
1: have Gosh, one. I don't like to be restricted. I know, and you work. don't have to. No. Be. Okay, so I think it would be do what you love. I mean, whatever your passion project is, just look deeply into it and see whether you can spend your life doing it. You know, like because when I started designing women's activewear and even thinking about the process of people wearing their active wear beyond their workouts was something that people just could not get their heads around. So if you have a crazy idea or a crazy passion, chances are that you really can do something amazing with it and create an amazing life for yourself.
0: Yeah, I love it. So beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Our listeners love you already. So thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Lorna Jane. She's such an inspiration. She is a true powerhouse. So if you have dreams and aspirations of starting a clothing line, an activewear line or a business of any kind, including a blog, because trust me, that is a full-time business in every single way then i'm sure that you've gained so many insights from her and i'm so happy to have shared this conversation with her she's been inspiring me for years and i just appreciate her coming on so much so also thank you to our supporters of this podcast uh, you guys, you guys are the number one supporters of this podcast, and to our sponsors, Sunbasket and Bob's Red Mill. So use the code Balanced at Sunbasket to get your thirty-five dollars off, and use the code Balanced Blonde with no spaces at Bob's Red Mill to get your discount there, which is 25% off. And also if you feel inclined or inspired to rate and review this podcast, please know that you can always send me an email, com, with your screenshot and I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everyone who rates and reviews the podcast because I am so grateful for your support and to have you here and I have so much fun with these conversations. It's the highlight of my week in every single way. And especially when you guys get to listen to it, that's the highlight of my week. And I love seeing what you tag on Instagram and what you talk about in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. All of it warms my heart and makes my life way better. So thank you for being a part of it. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon.